You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Everybody, welcome to Walt's Apartment, a Star Wars-focused podcast, which we kind of rebrand all the time. Mando Mondays, Force Fridays, whatever we're filling. We're going to call this one um, Mando Monday on Sunday, featuring the Book of Boba Fett. Um, considering some stuff that happens in this series, that'll make sense as you uh, start watching the Book of Boba Fett and, and why it fits in really nicely to Mando Monday. Um, so I am Amber, and I'm here with Jade and some of our special friends from Walt's apartment. You guys want to introduce yourself? <laughs> sure, I, I, I'll go. Uh, I'm this is Joe, uh, one of the hosts from the Disney Universe podcast and a couple other podcasts, including the Mando Show and frequent guest and friend of Walt's apartment. And uh, happy to be here, talk about Star Wars. So thanks for invite. Yeah. Uh, my name is Danny. I have an Instagram called Danny Fandoms, if y'all want to check that out. Um, I've been a longtime watcher of Walt's Apartment and longtime fan. I'm always watching uh, Marvel Tribe, uh, the Extra Magic Hour, all the shows you guys are on. And I'm just really happy to talk Book of Boba Fett with y'all today. Awesome. Appreciate you guys being here, adding your input to our discussion. Um, Jade and I have been a little slackers um, <laughs> this last year on our Star Wars <laughs> podcast. so. Um, it's about time to get back in it and talk about what's going on. Um, we can even maybe talk about some of the cool news and things that we're hearing rumors wise in the Star Wars realm um, when we're done talking Boba Fett. So, good. <laughs> Book of Boba Fett, what were you guys expecting to see from this? Like, do you remember back and thinking, oh, this is what I want to see out of this series? And did it fulfill that? Well, for me, I mean... Oh. When um, they, that end credits trailer at the end of season two of The Mandalorian, and I really was, didn't know what to expect other than Boba Fett just becoming this crime lord that um, we kind of already knew that he was, I mean, the, the legendary bounty hunter from the original trilogy, but now we actually get to see him kind of as the leader. He's not taking any orders from anybody, and I uh, want to see how that went and i think the series did fulfill at least in that aspect for sure yeah i know when that like i said that credit was it was a big surprise because it was just a few days after they had the big uh, reveal of all the shows that are coming out and that wasn't mentioned so when that pops up at the end it was like whoa crazy um but i, I had a big expectations but i also figured i also felt that we're spoiled for the mandalorian and it'd be hard to get to that level so uh, I, I felt the show was a little bit choppy at times, but overall it, it was really enjoyable. And I know a lot of people didn't know that it was labeled as Bando 2.5. So, you know, and it, and it showed obviously towards the end, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I like more where 
the future where he's going and you know whether we get a, another season or just shows up in future shows uh it was it was really entertaining yeah uh, did you have any expectations I was kind of really looking forward to see how he ex- escaped the Sarlacc pit. I was like, it has to be something with his armor. And then <laughs> it just kind of brought me back to like, there's this Parks and Recs episode where he's like, and his gauntlet grasped the sand outside the Sarlacc pit. And then was like, oh, it actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is the really awesome thing about Favreau and Filoni. Like they have their hands in so much stuff and they're such fans of so many things that this series like the Mandalorian, I think gives nods to all kinds of cultural things, movies, TV shows um, that kind of add those cool little, like, Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, deep, deep cuts from old, old star Wars stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we can dive right in talk about season one. That's the Sarlacc pit escape. Right. Um, so if anybody um, hasn't watched it, I don't think we need to say it, but spoilers ahead, um, <laughs> just so you know. But this was the one, right? They had to start right out the gate. Like, how did he survive? We all thought he was dead, and then he's not dead. How are they going to solve that mystery? So um, this first episode, they had some questions to answer, and how he escaped the Sarlacc pit was one of them. And it makes some sense, right? He's got the Beskar armor. It adds him a little layer of protection. When we saw him in The Mandalorian, he's obviously scarred up. We assume it's from the Sarlacc pit. Um, but yeah, what would you guys think? Um, I really I, liked I thought it was the really episode. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know <laughs> how they were going to start it out. And when they started it out with him escaping the Sarlacc pit, Jawa stealing his armor. It was like, okay, those were the two bigger questions. And then when he got... <laughs> kidnapped basically it was like okay where is this series going yeah and i mean oh good <laughs> no, no i mean i if you ask me like i just got so stoked when he pulled out his uh flamethrower just to burn his way through like that just shows how resourceful he is like he's gonna he knows he's quite literally in the belly of the beast and uh he's gonna claw his way out by whatever means necessary so it that was really cool to see yeah, I did like how yeah. his first instinct was, let's go over to this stormtrooper, steal his oxygen, and then burn his way out. <laughs> go ahead, Joey. Yeah, and I mean, oh, yeah, I was, I was going to say that, like uh, Danny mentioned, just his resourcefulness and, you know, kind of coming to and then going straight to the stormtrooper and, and, and doing that. But it's like between if you uh, read the comics or read the EU and just hearing how he got out, but actually seeing it was oh my god that's so cool though um i mean obviously the the great way to open the season yeah and these um first what four episodes have a lot of that flashing back and forth so they flash back to show us some answers to his backstory and then you know it flashes to present time and and what's happening where um you know, where he is now and, and how all that's developing. So that was kind of a neat way, I think, to do it. And, you know, it kept you a little bit more engaged in the story than I think we would have been otherwise. Yeah, I liked how they um, used the back to tank to do the, the transition of the flashbacks. Because, I mean, if you think of it, he's being super medicated. So, of course, all these little, not hallucinations, but like dreams are coming back while you're under medication. And I mean, just whole that whole little back thing of that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's and I think um, 
more of just for storytelling purposes, it was really needed because even if you're only somewhat familiar with the timeline, it's about what, four or five years after Return of the Jedi and you're thinking he's just going to pop right back in. I think you need those flashbacks just to catch the audience up, show where he is, and then um, you know, culminate to the present. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in the present time of the storyline, um, he's trying to get the lay of the land, you know, checking out Mos Espa, meeting with some of the people. Um, Jennifer Beale's character showed up, which we had gotten a glimpse of in some promo materials like a month before. Um, so that was pretty cool. We love um, seeing Twi'leks pop up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I half expected her to, like, start dancing. I don't know. Did anybody else have those expectations? <laughs> it's Jennifer Beale, after all. Yeah, especially with the band playing and fighting out Max Rebo still alive, playing in the <laughs> sanctuary. I mean, that's... And figuring Dan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least one of them, you know. <laughs> That the band broke. How did Max Rebo survive that explosion on the barge? Yeah, yeah. And was he even there? Like, I think some people say, like, was he even there? But even if he was, like, yeah, he's Max Rebo. Let's see what happens. <laughs> now, I thought the same thing at the at the Easter egg scene on Mando. I'm like, wait, Ben Fortuna was on the barge, so but he's probably one of the first ones that would jump off because he's you know kind yeah. of a coward out for so. themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's hope for Salacious Crumb, right? It's got to be. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was one of those roasted on a spigot that we saw in the background of, yeah. <laughs> of the other series. Yeah, uh, anything cool else scene. stood out for you guys in this first episode? Actually seeing, I mean, the, the true difference between Moss Eisley and Moss Espa uh, between the seasons. Like, we, we I mean, we saw Moss, Moss Espa in you know, Attack of the Clones and stuff. And, and we, we saw that it was a, a lot more busy. Or uh, Phantom Menace, sorry. Well, both actually. And, um, but you actually see that this is kind of like the more busier town, a little bit more upscale than Moss Isley. So, I mean, it was really cool that they dug deep into that and actually how big it was too. was, I mean, we saw it in the trailer, but I mean, just the scale of the city was really cool. And for me, it's just, um, anytime he spends with the Tuscans throughout the series is, uh, really humanizing them more than just, um, savages that we see attacking luke in uh, episode four and uh, shooting the pod racers on uh, in episode one so i really like that they give them more of a story and more uh, depth to their tribal na- nature yeah and i really liked that in seat in episode two or chapter two um where it dives more deeply into their culture and um you know as he kind of proves his metal and um you know, seeing some of those traditions that make up their tribal life and, um, you know, it definitely is, is making a little bit of a statement, you know, about th- this is their native lands and, um, you know, they're responding in some way like you would expect anybody to respond when their lands are being taken over by outsiders. You know, they're going to be defensive and, um, you know, it humanizes, like you said, that that group of people that had kind of been villainized up until this point. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And especially that the second chapter when you actually kind of, for the first time find out there are multiple tribes of Tuscans because even they started humanizing them more uh, during the Mando with a sign language and all that stuff, which was, was brilliant. Then how you kind of break apart with these ones, which were more warrior based 
tribe, but still had a lot of honor and or you could see you could instantly see where like or I saw I saw kind of early where you know we knew Boba wanted to go from a crime lord, but it was going to lead into like well more of a turn into a protector, you know, of not just the city but the planet. And that's kind of where it was kind of leaning towards too. So um but yeah, just yeah, I agree just the whole uh, backstory with with uh, Tuskins was was really awesome. It was one of the highlights of the, ep- the season, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the badass that trains him uh, that's played by uh, the female stunt person. I looked her up and follow her on uh, social media now because I was like, I am really digging this character. I mean, they never, you yeah. know, <laughs> speak really, right? There's never um, a whole lot of dialogue there, but you do get a feel for her character and her place in the tribe and how she helps him to develop as a person. That's cool. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know how far we're jumping ahead, but like when we go to that, the train scene, just as cool as that was, then when she pops up and does her little going through the train, just cleaning house was uh, when, when we were talking about it on our podcast, I was like one of my main highlights of the season, just, just you, she jumps in, then you see the pikes pop right out or jump, get thrown out and yeah that whole scene the character was great so it was it was sad to see that it was short-lived yeah and i've seen some hope that she actually may still be alive because i you don't really see her body specifically when uh boba fett returns to the ruins of the of the attack of the tuscan raiders true yeah that's what i was saying too yeah because there's some speeder bikes there so a few of them might have hopefully got away (laughs) yeah yeah so speaking of the pikes um, you know, they're talked about in a lot of different um, Star Wars mediums. Um, but this is kind of the first time in, you know, other than Solo, that we get to see them and um, in live action, I should say, right? We get to see them a lot more in the Clone Wars, of course. But for those live action followers only, um, you know, they're still somewhat mysterious. And this kind of shines light on now that the empire has fallen and we see that vacuum of power happening and those crime syndicates um, starting to take over with the spice trade stuff. So that kind of crime underbelly starting to tie in. Well, I think they were always trading spice, but once the empire took over, they kind of went underground more. And now that there's kind of like transition of power, things are really hectic. They're like, okay, well, we can take over this whole planet, make it a big trading post and do our business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought I was, when they popped up, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, it's cool seeing them in person, especially unmasked was, you know, yeah. just more fish people and, <laughs> you know, no pun intended, but I thought they were kind of like a red herring for the season thinking a bigger syndicate was going to show up. Uh, yeah. That, mm-hmm. you know, if people haven't been paying attention, there's there's a the whole bounty of the or the war or was it the war of the bounty hunters, a comic series, and uh, how Crimson Dawn's a lot bigger, and mm-hmm. with Karen ahead. So I, I was kind of like in that that uh, group thinking, oh, that that's the secret syndicate that's going to pop up. And yeah, we did too. Like at halfway through the, episode, <laughs> the series, I was like, come on. She has to pop up. She has to pop up. And then the other person popped up. So I was like, mm, yeah, they're probably not doing it, are they? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. They definitely could in the next season. I mean, though. they could. It's true. Yeah. I mean, there's Luke. There's Maul. 
Come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or maybe Kenobi takes him out. <laughs> well, it actually does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting because that must have been. Okay. Yeah. I just had to track that in my timeline there. Yeah. Vimal's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's point. dead. Maybe for real this time. Like dead, dead. <laughs> dead. Yeah. yeah. Coming back. Yeah. Not one of those mysterious tests where like, oh, is he really dead? Are you sure? <laughs> We There's saw a few of those. It, it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else in this episode in particular that stood out for you guys? This was the episode that I actually really enjoyed. At like, what was it? Um, I know they did the present time. They started with that part on this season or this episode, but the whole. A flashback with the Tuscans was definitely like the highlight of the episode, and um, not not too familiar with the director. I know she's a newer director and has done a lot of TV, but I was like, wow, she, you know, her episode was a lot director wise was you know really grabbed me more than the first one that was Robert Rodriguez, which I'm a big fan of his. And uh, I'm like, wow, he, I mean, she she did really good, and hope we see her in more more seasons. But yeah, this was a great episode. All right, so episode three opens with the nod um, to Return of Jedi with the spider monk crawling across the screen with his creepy little red brain casing. (laughs) 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 I was like, yes, I love that. Um, So that was uh, really cool. There's um, any other nods. Like, I'm trying to remember. I didn't take super great notes um, on my rewatch of the nods that happened in the first couple of episodes. The actually, yeah, going back real quick to the chapter two, uh, when, when uh, Boba goes to the, uh, which we find out Tashi station bar to deal with the, uh, the gang. Oh, that was that um, one. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I saw the, the, the girl that was in the bar and I, I'm like, Oh, she looks like the girl that was in the deleted scene for uh, the Blu-ray of a new hope. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Cammy. I figured that the hair, yeah. Cammy. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's cool seeing the uh, maybe that hairstyles uh, tattooing style. But then like kind of going around after I, I mentioned that on our show, then when I was watching YouTube videos and it was like it was was it Flickster and Cammy? I'm like, wow, that is like as deep cut as when uh, Mithril mentioned like uh, Life Day. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, when you're referencing a, a deleted scene, I thought that was that was really oh, good. Yeah. So that, that was one of my big highlights. But. There's that another another remember. reference to unreleased material at the end too, which is kind of cool at the uh, yeah. final chapter. But yeah, that's the you know like they they do some deep cuts, man. It's pretty cool, but they do it in a way <laughs> where it's not like um, super fan servicey, and I don't know. I just like the style that these two, when they're writing and producing together, bring bring the shows it's pretty awesome it's like if you get it you get it. if you don't no big deal it's just part of yeah the it doesn't affect the story yeah exactly and especially like um if we're talking about episode two i just had to remember if that was the right one but yeah but the hut twins that we got coming in on their litter i'm uh i thought that was a really really cool to see first of all just more huts in in like even, even though they're cgi they're still in a live action show um haven't gotten that since well, really just Jabba. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of the things was, I know they keep telling Boba Fett of being, how come he's not on a litter? And that, uh, you know, <laughs> that he just boots on the ground, walking amongst the people. And then when you see 
this kind of parade that the huts have. You're like, oh, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about this big uh, fanfare that they think a daimyo is going to have. Yeah. Which is, which is good to see that uh, Boba Fett is kind of a changed man after all. And he's not looking for all this <laughs> attention. And seeing the huts on it just bowed and everybody's just like struggling was pretty hilarious. And yeah. Oh, and of course the introduction live action of uh, Black Santa was Heck yeah. pr- pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. That's uh yeah. So he shows up in this episode, episode three. Um, and yeah, they fake him out with the Rancor cavern that's empty. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and the, you know, that's kind of disappointing too. Cause you don't realize, oh, they didn't replace the Rancor. And then <laughs> It's brought as tribute. Um, that was pretty cool as a calf. So it's not a completely full grown. Um, oh, speaking of yet. tributes, I was going to go back. There was a Trandoshan who brought the tribute of the pelt of a Wookiee pelt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I didn't think about that initially watching the episode until later going back and listening and reading to other people talk about like, Oh, that's right. The Trandoshans and Wookiees have this history and like, it's pretty deep cut and pretty dark at the same time that that they would bring a Wookiee pelt as tribute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which uh, you know makes sense later when he uh, loses his shit in the bar. It's like, uh huh, uh huh. That's what happens. We've all been there. <laughs> not not that bad, but you know, and arms off. <laughs> I am glad we got to see him rip somebody's arms off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's okay. Sounds. He's a Trandoshan. He's a lizard. It'll grow back. It'll grow mm-hmm. back. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So they uh, bring the Rancor calf and you get uh, Danny. What's his last name? Danny Treo. Uh, Treo. Treo. Yeah. Who's always a badass um, as the handler there. And um, and it only made sense. He, he. I mean, you got, like you said, this. Guy's been a film badass for years and uh, obviously a lot of Rodriguez movies and just, oh, we're going to see more of him with a rancor. And no. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but that whole scene was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, let's see. What else? He never uh, named the rancor. That's what I really wanted was because he said, let's give him a name. And then they never did. I'm like, oh, come on. I want to call it something. <laughs> yeah. I know. It, uh, and was this episode two with the, uh, when he was, oh, when he got his ship back, right? And but he had the Bantha, and he's like, oh, go go make Bantha babies or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the 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 dialogue in this this show is pretty funny, mm-hmm. especially the way Tim pulls pulls it off. <laughs> yeah, and this is the one with the '80s style moped gang. <laughs> yes, right with all the mods, and I I think it's the next episode though that shows the uh, Phoenix survival story right that's not episode three that's episode four yeah 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 we get to introduce to the gang first yeah because that's when that dude from office space was like nobody likes you or nobody respects you you know and Uh which which, i mean don't don't piss off don't give them a reason to come after you you know (laughs) yeah but and And don't overcharge for water right like (laughs) yeah it was hilarious to see him just like what i'm just this innocent townsperson playing stupid that's, that's over, <laughs> so that's, that's overcharging for the my moisture because <laughs> i mentioned the tps yeah. reports in season two of the mandalorian <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> and i heard someone say that uh this was called i forgot the exact name of the episode it's like 
something of most Espa, but with the biker gang, it's more like most Vespa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, the streets of most Espa. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah. And I thought they were cool uh, at first, but I'm like, they look like something from a, like a different planet, though not not Tatooine. They're they're I don't know yeah. they're too bright colored for me on Tatooine, but you know they're they serve their 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 purpose. Yeah, well, one windstorm that paint job would be gone. That's why they got to be taking the water from the guy to wash their bikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does seem kind of out of place, particularly in this series when you see the bright and shiny things. Um, you know. Canto Bite is one thing, right? Where it's yeah. glitter and the glam of the universe. But then here you're like, eh, it doesn't fit so much. But, you know, I like the 80s vibe that it kind of brought and the, the kind of. With a, with a slow uh, bike bike chase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the chase at caution. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. But this character of the mayor's major domo was turned out to be one of my favorite characters of of the season. I mean, he shows up, he's Weasley and like, I don't like this guy. Then you just like, okay, he's purposely a weasel and he gets great. And every time they show him, he gets better and better. And especially in the finale, but no, he, he was great. Uh, I forget Dan Pascali, I think is his name. He's been a lot of stuff. I can't picture, but he's one of the the fun uh, new characters. And I like that he crashes into a to a vendor selling Melly Run fruit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Live action Rebels reference. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> another nod. Another nod. Uh, all right. Anything from else from episode three? No. Or book, chapter three. <laughs> I always say episode. It's chapter. Chapter. Yeah. I, I usually do my full season rewatch after they're all out. I haven't done that yet because I've been busy with work. But <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So... Episode four is the one where we see how he finds Fennec and how she survives, right? Because, again, unless you really know somebody's dead, they're not really dead in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and they and- did kind of tease that in season one of The Mandalorian because yeah. they had the – you heard the boots walking by her body, so you knew something was up. And then, of course, we see that she's alive in season two. Yeah. 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 And that's how all the rumors started about us seeing Boba again was that. Yeah. The Spurs. Uh, spurs rattling. <laughs> so that was cool. So yeah, so we got to see what happened next. Um and um getting her mods. Um and I think it's which made cool sense cause... to see the mods on the planet, you know, because that's where they were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we haven't really like, you know, other than Luke's hand, you know, there's not a whole lot of that explored in live action and like what that really looks like, what that means and um, you know, how extensive they can do mods. So that's kind of cool to start seeing in live action. I mean, we know about it from other things like the animated series and comics and things, but hasn't actually been dived into too much in live action. So. Uh, and it's weird seeing how they use, you know, we know them as uh replacements or medical, you know, to keep you alive, but you know, finding out on t- Tatooine, it's, uh, what one of my co-hosts mentioned, like it's almost like a tattoo parlor, where mm-hmm. they're you know they're going just to get, hey this is what I want you know just kind of, and, and when when we see um I forget his name but the the guy that we find as a basis for, uh, Thundercat, from, um, Thund- Thundercat yeah. yeah I mean the way he's set up he, he looks like he's working a tattoo shop and yep. uh, 
So I, th- I thought that was pretty cool to have that tied in and like, okay, well, that made sense on that's how she survived, you know. Mm-hmm. And great. Uh, then we get the really good backstory of like where he decides, you know, the lone man wants to be part of a tribe and everything. So, yeah, really cool. Like storytelling mm-hmm. on this episode. Yeah, we get to see how they bond and why they're, you know, so tight now as a duo. Um, and let's see. So he goes looking for his armor in this episode and reclaims his ship. Is that all this episode, if I recall correctly? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because he thought he could get the ship by himself, but it was too guarded. Then, then after that, then uh, he wants to get his armor, but <laughs> get that cool little slave one view. Look, it's right down to Sarlacc. And that all seems like this isn't going to be good. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the way it looked was pretty cool. And Anytime you see seismic charges, too, is, is just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you saw the Jabba barge wreckage right there next to the pit. That was kind of cool. Ran down that biker gang. And when we get a <laughs> yeah. scene in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kitchen the... nightmares team. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the multi-armed droid that was out for blood. Droid just like... <laughs> Yeah. Very general. Another, he's like he has him up against the wall. He's like, I'm, I'm just gonna shut down. I'm just gonna turn myself <laughs> off. Yeah, the little. And that's another little animated Easter egg. That mm-hmm. little mouse. I don't know what they're called. I, I mean, I know we got mouse droids, but that one actually looks like a mouse or a rabbit. Yeah, so rabbit. That, that was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was, great callbacks. Yeah. Uh, this one also had a lot of. Um, is this the one where he brings all the crime bosses to the table and it's got that very Godfather thing going on here? Yeah, yep. I think yeah. that's the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you're like, oh yeah, these all, all these guys are gonna backstab you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a real like you said that real Godfather esque scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like how uh, Filoni and Favreau kind of pull from these other genres. In, all, in the two seasons of Mandalorian and now Book of Boba Fett, because obviously Mandalorian season one is just more mainly Western vibe, that um, Magnificent Seven, John Wayne, and uh, all the rest like that. And then season two, you get more of the same, and then a uh, little bit of Kurosawa nods that we all know that George Lucas pulls from for the main Star Wars stories. And then mm-hmm. now Book of Boba Fett, all this gangster and mob type movie um goodfellas godfather and it's really cool to to see that all blend and how it can make for really awesome storytelling yeah no agreed and i love that we didn't realize it at the time but how the dinner table was actually on top of the rancor cage the drop the the trap door and when they questioned him real bad for the first time you just see the the cage bump on like oh yeah there's a rancor down there Uh that that was that was amazing (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Just feeds them a little chicken bone or whatever they're eating. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the old nods, like you said, to the Westerns and mafia movies in, in this, this season, this case. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So then we roll into um, episode five, which um, Return of the Mandalorian, aptly titled. Um, <laughs> we just abruptly go straight into an episode of the Mandalorian here. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was it's like, not just I the kept... return, it's the takeover. Yeah, exactly. I just I kept looking and I'm like, 
um, what just happened? What am I watching? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because they, they did tease it at the la- at the end of the last episode where he's talking to Finnick. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, how, how much money do you guys like? Why well, I got, you know, unlimited credits down in the treasury. He's like, well, you need muscle. Well, where do you find muscle? It's like, well, you got to know where to look. And that's when you you hear the cue of the Mando's theme kind of yeah. just building up. And like, oh, okay, uh-huh. I don't think we're going to give him the next episode, though. So, and it, yeah. And it was like that. It was, I like to, I always kind of go back to the Mandalorian season, but it's like, we knew we were going to get Ahsoka one of the episodes. We're like, okay, when's she going to pop up? Is it going to be in the middle or the end? Then her episode pops up and it's right at the very beginning. And that's what this one was when you see a silhouette, you instantly, you know, it was him between the little, the little supermarket blind things. So, yeah. and the, the butcher. And I was, yeah, uh-huh. midnight, I was just like, woohoo. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Nobody was home, but I'm like, hey, somebody listen. <laughs> yeah and again very mob very gangster right going into the freezer and taking you know like they're counting their money they're laundering their cash or whatever it's it was so cool. it was a butcher shop and he certainly butchered yeah 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 <laughs> and you see him wield the dark saber and i'm like oh dark yeah that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that he could have will. I mean, I mean, we go back to like rebels and stuff. You see that unless you're pr- properly trained, you can't wield it properly. So I liked how they really got into that quick. But you, one thing that's great about these shows, how they've referenced a lot of stuff in the past. So they even referenced episode chapter one of the Mandalorian. It was a, a little kind of like shadow to the, his first introduction for the whole bring you in cold, bring you in warm. Yeah. And uh-huh. this guy got extra cold. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, it was a, Oh, that that was a great beginning. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah this episode out. was great. <laughs> um, so we see him. He's got, he doesn't have a ship. Um, he's obviously on a job in order to we find out get information more than money. Um, and he's looking for, um, you know, his clan, the, the remnants co- of co- his clan. Yeah, the covert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I liked in this one that she offers up the information of that backstory part we'd been missing. So some of those lingering questions from the Mandalorian as to, okay, how did he come to be this kind of um, cultic version of a Mandalorian? And as we had talked about in one of our recaps of the Mandalorian, um, you know, we'd assumed it was because they were Concordia Dawn and that they were on the moon and that was kind of the direction that group of Mandalorians were already going in. But this kind of confirmed that that was, in fact, what had happened. And um, we get to see more glimpses of the Purge and the Night of a Thousand Tears <sighs> um, stuff was, happen. It was amazing. Yeah. So tragic. I mean, you see why it was so tragic because, yeah, it was in a little Terminator 2 vibe of all the. K2SO droids and I forget what they're regularly called, but but yeah, just walking over that. And then the yeah, the probe droids just that whole scene is like that's why it was so known how bad it was. It wiped out entire civilization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I was gonna bring up how kind of a meta quote from her when she says that the myth of Thor will return and uh return Mandalore to its former glory, but it exists only in legends. I'm like, yes, it does. Only in legends. Uh, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully in canon soon, but right now only in legends. Yeah. yeah. 
I got theories on that, but that could come up later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she's talking about all of that. um, Asked about Grogu. um, Vizsla kind of explains, you know, how he's connected to the family. Um, Mando asks her um, about Bo-Katan. So that's interesting. You see that rivalry very present in... um, in her explanation of, of how the fall of Mandalore happens and that they clearly blame it on Bo-Katan for wielding the dark saber. Yeah. Um, <laughs> without earning it. So it's kind of interesting. And yeah, even always good. <laughs> oh no, go ahead. Which was always like something where we're like, why in the Mandalorian was she like, I have to defeat him when she had already taken it. And now it's like, Oh, okay. Now that's why she feels like she has to earn it mm-hmm. because Every Mandalorian kind of doesn't like her now. <laughs> yeah, and blames her. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't her fault. She didn't want it, but I mean, all the clans that were there in in agreement came to that she is the Mandalore. So I mean, that's got to. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that's got to stand for something. But you know, that's I mean, definitely see because they were all unmasked Mandalorians. So you yeah. know, you can see where the divide is between the two. Um, one thing I love too is even though these characters are you know faceless with a mask. Once uh, Paz Vizsla sees Mando with a dark saber, he's like, "All right, that's my family's. I got the claim to that." You know, you know he was going to challenge him yeah. right away. So, but, I mean, I I just love the camera work. How it's like, you son of a, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many family members of the Vizsla family is John Favreau going to play? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was. He's he's gonna end up being all the way back to the the one that made it, um, Tar Vizsla, and then he's gonna be like the son later, and then pause, and then. Oh so my gosh, so that forth. would be so funny. <laughs> as long as one of them sounds like the narwhal from Bud or the elf, you know. Yes. <laughs> bye, bye, Mando. So. <laughs> Hope you find Grogu. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we see her take the spear. Forge it into armor, very clearly stating that Beskar is not meant for weaponry, but it's meant for armor. That was kind of cool because it is accurate in that the only Beskar weapons that we've ever heard of in any platform um, have been created to kill Mandalorians. Um, So she's like, yeah, nope, you're turning that over. Um, And then you see the little uh, metal beginnings of the chainmail dropping and you're like, oh. I was like, it's chainmail, it's chainmail. <laughs> and then that, of course, made me flash back to The Hobbit. I don't know what, you know, like <laughs> deep cuts there. The, Probably not related, but. <laughs> space me thrill. Here you go. No, I, I was in the minority and thinking it was going to be a, a necklace or a chain with the Mudhorn signet. Because um, I'm like, Disney will sell it, you know, <laughs> pretty soon. So there you go. But no, it was cool. I, I Yeah, everybody was with the chainmail and it was cute seeing the little. Little chain, especially wrapped in the little Grogu shaped yeah. wrapping. Or yeah, like, oh, or I like, yeah, mm-hmm. like nice, nicely done. <laughs> um, let's see. Fight between um, yeah, uh, Vizsla and Mando, like that was really cool to see, especially when um, Vizsla brings out the the little shield he has in a his gauntlet because I don't think we'd seen that in live action before. Uh, so I just really like to see that, and then um how they went back and forth and Bizzle's pretty much got the upper hand for a good part of it. 
And but then even he can't pick up the dark saber because again being properly trained and then uh, again calling back to how Sabine was saying like the more she used it the lighter it got and clearly these two have not had that experience yet and maybe we'll see Mando go through the same thing. Yeah, it also kind of reminds me of like Excalibur. And are we going to see something happen later um, where the right person picks it up and it all of a sudden just, you know, the force is with the person in a way <laughs> and, and they don't have all of these struggles with it? I'm That's just like what my mind goes to, especially after this episode. I was like, hmm. Well, you're talking yeah. about the Hobbit, the the Darksaber just in general reminds me of the Elder Wand from Harry Potter just because it it's this legendary weapon that's changed hands so many times and, oh, you have to kind of be, in a sense, worthy to wield it. And then there's always this, like, you have to win in battle in order to even claim it in the first place. So I see those connections there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even when uh, um, the armor mentions, like, most who have wielded it have been brought a curse if they haven't properly earned it. And we don't know how Moff Gideon got it. And even the the brief we saw him fighting with it, he looked like he could hold his own. But then if you think of it, everybody that's cursed, he got it when he was with the Empire. And then the Empire fell. So so I'm like, oh, that's, you know, small little thing that they're just kind of throwing little little bits of, you know, lore in the well, Manda lore. But you know what I mean? But, <laughs> um, so I like how we're getting into small doses and. You know, and if you kind of piece it together, it's like, ooh, maybe they're building towards, you know, they're definitely building towards something. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, they end up kind of calling a truce, and uh, the question, the key question, gets asked, and we're all like, oh, "Don't say it! <laughs> don't do it!" <laughs> you know, have you ever removed your helmet? Has anyone ever removed your helmet? And you're like, "Oh, what's he gonna do here?" <laughs> Define removed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he's booted. Was... <laughs> oh, I kind of froze up there. Sorry. <laughs> Go, ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I barely. I didn't hear what you said. I, I... Oh, I just said he got shunned. You know, oh, he got yeah. the boot. He's no longer welcome. <laughs> Unless you bathe yourselves in the water of uh, Lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Minnetonka. Minnetonka. Minnetonka that's... Under all this uh, debris and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, see, I see him going there anyways, though. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like it makes you wonder: Are they going to get to the point where they return to Mandalore, and you know what that what that might look like? Yeah, um, I feel it's so- got to happen. If I mean. If- and then that never come to fruition, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then uh, he has to get on, like, a regular transport, right? Like, he doesn't have his <laughs> ship anymore, and they, like, make him turn over all of his weapons, and he's like, what? Flying coach. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kids are kicking the back of his seat. <laughs> I love, like, I know everything that's in that, that container. And... <laughs> As a uh, obviously a big Disney nerd too, I, I love seeing the use of uh, the RX droids uh, throughout the season between the the poker, you know, the the, the dealer, and now the uh, weapons check. <laughs> yeah, because he's had or they have had multiple jobs within Disney Land and World, right? Yeah. 
star tours and now oh, the cantina yeah yeah the dj the dj yeah. rex and they've i mean they showed up a few times i think in animation just as little transport like bus drivers basically but mm-hmm. now they're weapons checks they're moving on up <laughs> <laughs> droid rights yeah <laughs> revolution <laughs> all right so then we uh end up on tatooine Pelly Moto, love her. She's amazing. Um, so we she, see her uh, at the little Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order droid. Oh, yeah. A little two-footed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that was called. Pops up, getting chased uh, by a womp rat. BD, DB. Mm-hmm. Yes, something <laughs> like that. It's hard for me to remember. I haven't played that game in forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Womp Rants are trying to, to wreak havoc, and she's, <laughs> and then tried are fearing for their life. <laughs> from a womp but he didn't bullseye the Womp Rant. It was and, cracking me up. And I love how she's, like, the Captain Obvious of, like, this show, like, hey, it's Mando! You know, uh, like, yeah, we know, but hey. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she is definitely, like, the fan in the show, and that will come up a little bit later. Um, when somebody yeah. else shows up, you know, where I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like my favorite line ever now. <laughs> and just like the the major domo, like when she first popped up in the show and I'm a fan of the actress, Amy Sedaris, like from her, her sketch shows, but I'm like, oh, is she purposely annoying? But then every time she's shown up, I'm like, I'm so glad she pop- they keep bringing her in because mm-hmm. such a great character. And especially like the two characters I I, I, I don't say I disliked, but. You know, are they going to hook up? But that, that's coming later, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The innuendo is there. <laughs> I mean, he's, not, he's bigger than a Jawa, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So she has a, a replacement for him. And as soon as she ripped that cover off, I was like screaming. I'm like, yeah, the and Starfighter. <laughs> so many nods in this particular episode, too. Um to the Phantom Menace, like everywhere I was seeing nods to that movie. So I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. And we, and we find out too, that Jawas don't care who they uh, get their parts from. They'll get it. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'll make it happen. Yeah. I think we already knew that though. <laughs> well, I, yeah. It was almost like scavenger. Well, yeah, I guess they stripped Boba of his armor, but he was passed out. <laughs> yeah. Well, he woke up and then they bashed him in the head. Yeah, exactly. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have no scruples. We're finding out these chalas. But then they bring in that stick that was in the trash compactor with um, yeah, with Leia and Han and Luke. Yeah, that was just yeah. so random. It was like that. Why does this stick look familiar? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was kind of a fun one. It's like a pimp my rad episode or something. You know, like a yeah. <laughs> Fixing up his hot rod, <laughs> which is really rough because I love the Razor Crest. I was, oh, that that was so sad when it blew up. But I saw, I'm like, okay, I always like the Naboo fighter. I'm like, it's not much mm-hmm. of a fighter, but then the way, like you said, the way they pimped is like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Then when she's like, oh, I removed the droid little port. Like, all right, we know what that's going to be. We're like, mm, yeah. hmm, I see what you're doing. I see what here. you're doing here. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of like how uh, Pelly's um, hanger is just like a hodgepodge for droids throughout. 
the really the timeline because you have the yeah. R5 from the original trilogy. You have the little mechanic droids that from the prequels. Now yeah. you have a BD unit from the video games, which is yeah. It's all really cool to see them all together in one spot. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. And then and uh, let's see the gronk gonks. <laughs> yeah. He uh, takes it out for a spin, and you get the nod to the pod racing. Um, we see the return of the rebel kind of police force. Pull yeah, which I love that cameo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I didn't I didn't realize this till like a few days after the episode, but the younger pilot, uh, I forget his name right now, but he was actually the stand-in for Luke at the yeah. uh, finale. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Oh. And we, uh, Max Lloyd, I think I want to say his name is. I might be wrong, but yeah, so that was kind of cool. I mean, oh, he took over for that. Dave Filoni. So. <laughs> cool. I love the little Nas button, the little Fast and Furious scene there. That was <laughs> yeah, pretty <yeah>. awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and then he gets back and he jumps out, you know, and she says, how would you like it? Or I don't remember exactly what he was asked, but he's like, wizard. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. How can you get any more Anakin in this moment? Absolutely. <laughs> and real quick, with the two X-Wing pilots, one of my co-hosts is a, is a police officer. So he's like, yeah, that's how it is. Like when he, when he took off, they're like, should we chase him? If you want to do paperwork, <laughs> and then, they just, <laughs> then they just go off. So he's like, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. When he dropped that like- wizard line. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, ah! So good. <laughs> oh, yeah, then Finnick comes back, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. At the end there, that's where we see her. You're like, hey, what are you doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got something to do real quick. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, like, we don't know what that is. <laughs> but, but I'm giving Boba the homie hookup, so. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anything else from that episode? Anybody want to add? <sighs> no. It was fun. <laughs> Super good. Just, yeah. I, I think I was smiling that whole 40 ish mm-hmm. minutes, whatever it was, because yeah. the nostalgia, the lines, just seeing Mando again. And that was just a really awesome episode. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah, very fun. Not yeah. as fun as the next one, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the next one. We, uh, gosh, so many good things in this one too. Um, gosh, I don't know where to begin on this one. This one could be like its own show, I think. Yeah. (laughs) This one was, this one blew me away. Um, so you see him go to find his little friend, bring him his little present. Um, R2, of course, is there and, uh, the little ant builder droid things. I don't know what their official (laughs) name name is but you know they're busy working and they build him a little bench and bring his stuff and he's like uh so you telling me i'm gonna be here for a while or what yeah. is there anybody here anybody alive <laughs> mando seems to have a lot of questions throughout he and uh, when he takes grogu to the rock he's like does this look jedi to you yeah and he sees luke clearly a guy there with the lights he's like are you a jedi <laughs> are you sure yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, when I saw R2's little radar, that was like one of the first many, of many times where I just kind of cheered at 12 in the morning in my room. <laughs> but yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> um, then, I mean, waking up to Ahsoka, 
I mean, I, I did not see that her coming up at all this this season. So that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. I assumed we wouldn't see her again until her show. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I texted her. I was like, "Are you caught up?" <laughs> she's like, "No, I'm not." I'm like, "Oh my god, you need to hurry the hell up already." <laughs> <laughs> Stay off the internet. Serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go watch it right now. Go home. Whatever you were doing. <laughs> It's crazy how they updated just the detail in Luke from the last season, just with the deep hiring the deep fake guy from YouTube. Oh you know. my gosh! Like oh. so incredible! Like yeah, <laughs> the technology now is just insane. <laughs> I was like, there I looking at it. Like, is that real? Is that CGI? Yeah. How is this possible? This looks yeah. like. They got in the world between worlds and pulled Mark Hamill out of the 80s to bring him to do this. <laughs> right? Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And you still got the people like, well, the voice was off a little bit. Or the eyes. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, it looked oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. It's literally not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is the best you could possibly get. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, as amazing as all this stuff was, uh, I, I thought it was too quick f- for it to do the whole Grogu scene. You know, the reuniting. I thought they would take take it a little bit longer, but that's just that's just me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you kind of have to assume that. You know, I'm trying. I was trying to figure out like how much time had gone by. Like, how much time was he with Luke? Yeah. You know, during that span, that was something I was trying to like figure out. Like, how much time are they saying has it transpired here? Um, mm. Well, I mean, at the end of the Mandalorian, you see that scene with Boba taking the mantle or whatever, mm-hmm. and then obviously a lot happens there. And then, you know, obviously the Mandalorian's been searching i would assume it wasn't like immediate that he found all these connections i'd assume it's at least been a couple months minimum yeah probably more (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but you get to see his little uh flashback which was like oh i'm like don't make him remember it's a traumatic experience you're gonna make him relive his trauma (laughs) do it i thought that was pretty cool and even how they made it look like Anakin's uh, dreams and nightmares, you know, yeah. the, the little the little bubble memory style was, yeah, that was sad. And you see the lightsabers in his eyes. I'm like, oh, my God, poor little guy. <laughs> and I thought we were finally going to get to see who saves him, but nope, still hanging on that thread. But yeah. <laughs> well, and it there made me wonder, a- like, it, did somebody save him or is that when the stormtroopers took him? And is that the beginning of... Like when he was being experimented on, or you know, like I. Well, see, I think somebody saved him just because when Order sixty six happened, the stormtroopers were like tunnel visioned, kill everybody that could be a Jedi, kill the younglings, kill everyone. So unless like Anakin had been right there to grab him because Palpatine told him to, or something like that, then I feel like somebody had to have saved him. Yeah, at least for a time. I feel like if the stormtroop, well, whatever they were considered at that point, <laughs> mm-hmm. they probably would have just killed him, I would assume. Yeah. But then uh, someone did point out that there was a little symbol on the wall of his, uh, during his vision that looked like uh, the symbol of Beresafi. Mm. 
and like uh i mean this is just speculation but when i was reading going down <laughs> that rabbit hole um the main thing was that like maybe she kind of has a redemption arc and that we see that in maybe a later animated series maybe of the bad batch maybe um in the ahsoka mm-hmm. series we get some background to that oh. but there's clearly something on the wall and it clearly looks like the symbol that you see in her room uh during uh, that whole arc of when she framed ahsoka Hmm. Ooh, that could be very cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> Especially okay. coming coming in a circle as adults. <laughs> yeah, because you don't really know what happened to her because mm-hmm. her master was in, I believe it was Rebels, and you see that her master died, but you don't really know what happened to her. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved all the going kind of back, but I loved all the Ahsoka, just the dialogue with Mando. Mm-hmm. And even the, then, her finally, yeah, I mean, seeing her with Luke together, too. Well, first seeing her with R2, you know, watching uh-huh. her, but then going to uh, her and Luke and seeing that they already met. So, just a little, uh, you so much like your father's, like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And she is nailing the mannerisms, like the hit, the arm on the yeah. hip thing. Oh, the meme, little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The like smirk, the like, you know, she's really. I think doing her homework on, on trying to embody that character. So it's very yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm happy with the casting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh gosh. And then, I mean, I don't want to, do we want to jump to um, what we see? Like, I can't remember where the flash flashing happens in the episode exactly, but then we see, the training that was the end. Was that the end? Yeah. So you see, sorry, I'm jumping around. Yeah. So much <laughs> happened in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you see him like kind of learning to channel his powers and uh, Luke has him on the back. Like there are so many cool <laughs> nods in this one. I'm like, it's just a lot. Well, I even loved it when uh, Luke was uh, telling him about Yoda and his like, you know, he was forced like picking mm-hmm. them up and dropping them down, jumping. picking them up. I'm like, <laughs> so I, I thought that was pretty cool. Cause you know, he obviously doesn't have his little floating egg, so he can't keep yeah. up. So. <laughs> that yeah. was a pretty cool scene. And I think yeah, that, yeah. um, well, like a little bit forward from that was like the scene that like really convinced me of like, you can talk about if you thought it looked a little off or the voice or whatever, but I was like, that's just Luke Skywalker. <laughs> like if yeah. you ask me and then he starts, uh, doing a little sparring type with his lightsaber amongst the trees. And like, it just looked really cool. It was a great visual and, um, and cool to see Grogu there having not seen a Jedi in who knows how many years for him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I know we said that there's so much going on, but even the, when we first see them together, you know, Grogu's lifting the, the frog, then Luke, Luke lifts the 12 frogs or a dozen of them. And I mean, just seeing their little interaction, but and of course, seeing you know when he's Ahsoka shows up with a gift, and she's like, "How's the training going?" And he's like, "Well, I think he's remembering more than I'm actually teaching." You know, we mm-hmm. kind of see some of that later, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah. but you, you kind of see where he, uh, in the dialogue with Ahsoka, like where you could kind of see why it makes sense where you see why he failed as a ma- uh, master, I think, and it, it's kind of built building towards that, so which I like because. Mm-hmm. I, I'm one of the few or that that I like The Last Jedi. I know that's a big controversy. So. I do too. And uh, so some people are like, oh, they're going to redcon it. Oh, I'm like, no, they're not. That's stupid. But 
I think they're adding little pieces where you can see why it happened. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the, so when he starts, uh, you know, getting his hops, I call it, you know, like, like we see when Yoda has to, you know, do his lightsaber battle. So you got the little hopping around. So he's, he's getting his agile nature <laughs> going. I thought that was cool. Um, and then, gosh, I don't want to like jump too far away from other stuff, but the moment where, you know, he pulls out Yoda's lightsaber. I was like, mm. oh, my freaking God. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that then just a whole, yeah, the whole choose thing. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, yeah, I hate that. And I was like, it ru- <laughs> I was like, Luke would never do that. I don't think. Yeah, I think he's trying too much to be like the old school master mm-hmm. rather than learning from his own lessons. <laughs> And it's like, you've got attachments, you love people. Mm-hmm. Like, why does everybody have to stick to this old <laughs> moniker of Jedi leave everything they, you know, aren't yeah. allowed to love and aren't allowed to have attachments? Like, no, no. <laughs> and I mean, he's like, nothing. If, <laughs> I'm wondering if at this time he already has those sacred Jedi texts. Because if he did, it to me, it would make more sense that he's reading into the history and the philosophy of the Jedi and then just becoming so engrossed in it. And then that leads to him just in that cycle of repeating their mistakes, Mm -hmm. which again Mm -hmm. will lead to his eventual fall of his school later on. So that's how it would make sense to me. But again, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was hoping for something different because Ahsoka was there and she kind of is in the middle. I'm not a Jedi, but I'm not a Sith. And I was like, maybe, no, okay, whatever. <laughs> Just regular old Jedi it is. Yeah. And it's like, bro, you you left Yoda to for your attachments to Han and Leia. And <laughs> so but yeah. Yeah. Uh so then on the Boba Fett side of things, we see um Cobb Vanth. Yeah. Well, it started off with him, you know, with the pikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we started off with him and then now we revisit and we see a mysterious character. So this is when I started trying to stay off the internet. If I hadn't <laughs> got to see the show right away. Um, Cause when this week's at this episode came out, I was actually on Walt's apartment live and people were talking about it before I got to watch it. Cause I've been working. <sighs> I didn't get to see it yet. And I was like, no, no, don't say anything. I'm like, I still have like 20 minutes left in this episode or 15 minutes left in this episode. And I was like, I don't know. And David's like, no, but there's somebody you have to tell me who it is. I don't know who it is. And I'm like, ah, spoilers. <laughs> la, 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 yeah. It's Mephisto. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I kind of had still held out hope that we'd see Kira or something. So I was like, I don't know, maybe it's, but you, he would know who that is. So then my brain just like goes off on these wild tangents of like, who could he be talking about? Yeah, that whole scene though. I mean, after after Mando leaves to recruit him and yeah, then uh, just the sensing, the sensing he was coming and so, I mean, I guess we could say it was Cad Bane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if you're not there yet. Um, mm-hmm. this, I was so excited because this is where I was like, all right, when we're talking about our, on our podcast, I'm like, who do, we're after see, uh, episode one, who do you want to see? I'm like, I want to see Cad Bane and Bosk. And I mean, we got one of them. So, <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I love how, um, like, how it opened with um, Cobb Banth. He takes out those three pikes and you're like, you don't mess with this guy. This guy's good. And then yeah. Cad Bane even without the armor, right? Yeah. yeah. 
And then Cad Bane comes out and lands a shot on him. Like, if Cod Vanth was at one level, Cad Bane is on the next tier, and he's even worse. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And I blame the deputy because he was looking at the him. Deputy like, Get out of here. To him. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> but I'll just see. He Cad told him Bane to go inside. And, yeah, watch the people. <laughs> yeah, that whole like silhouette again. The western. You know, in the middle of town. Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Corey Barton doing the voice again still. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that voice, I mean, like even in the Clone Wars, just had that Western homage, but then also just this kind of Star Wars kind of alien tone to it that, you know, if you didn't know, if it wasn't a cartoon, it might just keep you up at night wondering who's this guy under the hat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for some people think it like that, it's keep them up at night. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and his they, are you you're gonna talk about his mask? No, his, I think uh, I think they did a really good job at portraying him yeah. in live action. Yeah. Like I don't think they could have done much better. Yeah. The way his um prosthetics move mm-hmm. on his face, yeah, it was very well done. Coming from a cosplay's perspective, I always <laughs> look very closely at those things. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, he looked great. He sounded great. I mean, everything was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then just on a side note here, um, we see Cobb Vanth. Um, <clears throat> again, at the very beginning, he points to his belt and he's got the stripe saying, these stripes mean I'm the marshal around here. And um, I'm wondering if this is kind of how they pivot with the um, r- uh, Rangers of the New Republic. Because we know that was kind of in mm-hmm. flux with um, the Cara Dune character and what was going to happen there. But <clears throat> we saw mm-hmm. her get a medal with those mm-hmm. same red and white stripes. And now we see Cobb Banth with that. So I was, oh. I, I saw that and I thought maybe there's a connection there, but again, yeah. it's just speculation. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Cause like, what well, I know, know that that project hasn't been completely scrapped. It's just put a, put on a shelf. And I think with the popularity of his character and even um, uh, uh, the pilot Carson, the, mm-hmm. I'm like, cause I would love to see more of him too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just this, another ensemble cast. And I, I think them two together would be great, but I hope that, I hope that show does come in one way or another. And I would love to see Cobb Ant in a higher role than a little Marshall mm-hmm. of Freetown. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's a great actor. And speaking of Freetown, you see how they put the, the dragon skeleton inside the bar there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And the skull, the skull on the sand crawler. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So episode seven, the finale episode or chapter seven. Um, so this is where it's all coming to a head. They uh, blew up the cantina. And it meant war. <laughs> Rest in peace, Garza. <laughs> was Max Rebo there? <laughs> you, you know what? I, I After that happened, I rewatched that episode like three, four times. And every background, I looked around and he, didn't, he was nowhere in the background. Oh. So I'm like, all right, he's, he's alive somewhere. He's out having a smoke so, or something. I don't know. but <laughs> He was on break. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to come back and it's going to be like that scene from Community where Donald Glover walks in with the pizza. What happened here? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on, guys? But 
Oh, yeah, it was, it was good. It was fun. Yeah. So I like uh, how, they, um, how they bring in the Camtono once again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not leaving that ice cream maker alone. No. 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 It's everywhere now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're uh, holed up in the cantina, waiting for backup. We see um, a new battle droid, which I thought was kind of cool, show up. They one of the scorpion neck variety, but we don't. I don't think we've named it yet. But yeah, I think, and it was actually in like the uh, Attack of the Clones, like concept art. Mm-hmm. So it's in that book, I believe. So it's cool to see stuff that. We talk about callbacks, but it's cool to see stuff that never even made it, but past the sketch. So that was really cool. A lot bigger. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I really like seeing the kind of the plan layout of how, um, you know, Black Kersantan goes into the Trandoshan territory. The uh, mods go into another territory and the um, Gamorians go into another. So they really have their bases covered. So. Uh, they're ready to handle any problem that occurs. And then that kind of implodes on them as um, yeah. <laughs> Black Kersantan kind of gets taken up for a little bit. Gamorian guards, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we called that the Ocean's <laughs> Eleven uh, breakdown of the plan. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm like, why would you put Kersantan where all the Trandosians are? <laughs> <laughs> By himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, once they started turning on him, I'm like, oh, this is where we get Boss. He's going to be leading the translation, but we didn't. But <laughs> I was like, oh, no, they're going to they're gonna get rid of Kurt after they did the doggy pile. But the way that he was revealed to be still alive was pretty awesome, pretty badass, mm-hmm. just throwing throwing fools around. And mm-hmm. I wish we got yeah, more Fennec, but she, she had other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of weird. Like, she just, you know, we get to see her at the end. But for most of this episode, she's just gone. Yeah. It's a long, it's a long speeder ride to Mos Eisley, which you know, with all the big guys there were holding up. And um, but in, in the sanctuary, I love the scene of with Mando and uh, Boba, like you know, all right, you can go. There's no way to survive. He's like, no, nah, I told you I'd stay here with you till the end. And just that whole like the honor code. Mm-hmm. And even, even though he's not technically, well, neither of them are technically Mandos, Mandalorians. You know, he's like, you believe that? He's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, he's like, all right, this is the way. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, love that love that whole i just yeah. like anything that has to do with, like honor and you know mm-hmm. the respect yeah well and, th- and this is the the moment too where the uh mayor's assistant steps in he's like um i got an idea here <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah. again very godfather right like he's like oh i'm gonna i'll respond <laughs> <laughs> and he just starts reading it like all in all seriousness and then he's like uh-oh <laughs> This is not what I thought this was going to say. <laughs> How much? Well, what do you want? <laughs> Read it. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And like just the delivery of it, of the lines was perfect. Yeah. And then that's when um, we get the Mando and Boba team up on the jetpacks flying in. That was yeah. just, that was a really yeah. great shot. That was really cool to see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we see a random X-Wing show up at Pelly's. Thinking she's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Hide the stuff. Hide the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, and uh, my favorite line ever happens in this one, you know, <laughs> where he pops up and she's giving him love and 
R2 is like yammering away. And uh, what'd she say? That's, oh, yeah. So R2 says his name and she's like, Grogu? That's a terrible name. Sorry, kid. I'm not calling you that. And I'm like, oh my God. It's like all of us fans are all like, yeah. And I love that she's the only one that wants to feed him. Nobody else is like, oh, put that down. You know, don't yeah. eat that. Yeah. <laughs> Go get him some dung worms. <laughs> yeah, he's like a little baby and, you know, needs to grow big and strong. Yeah. Missed opportunity for R2 to reunite with the, with the red droid that blew its motivator. Yeah, yeah, totally, right? <laughs> like, maybe that's a cut scene we'll see later in something, you know? like I was expecting something. Like, I was just thinking when you're... When you're talking about Pele, I'm like, because in the first episode, when Boba's like, uh, when the torture droid is kind of introducing everybody, he's like, we need to get a protocol droid. I was like, well, Pele seems to understand robots and other aliens and ant people. So yeah, you know, totally. maybe he hires her as the translator or something. Speaks Jawa. I mean, yeah, exactly. she's like a utility <laughs> tool of a person here. Yeah. She's got it all. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That was a great scene, though. But it's like, did Luke just throw him in the X-Wing? Like, get him out of here. <laughs> I think there's more to it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm super, want to go back to you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope we see the, the Yoda's lightsaber. Like, somewhere down the line, comes back to him. Like, there's got to be, you know, I've got lots of expectations here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what else is Luke going to do with it? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so battles are happening. She rolls up. Is this the scene where they're running from the droid and they crash through a painting? Or was that in another one? Anyway, I saw on something later that the painting that they crashed through in one of the scenes, speaking of artwork that shows yeah. up again, was the scene from Jabba's Palace from... Return uh, yeah, the, the Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah, um, yeah oh, that yeah. was in the... the, the yeah, the mods, the, um, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. There's so many chase scenes. <laughs> yeah. Bo- Boba took off for the time being. Mm-hmm. Pele comes yeah. rolling in in that episode to uh, a little droid taxi <gasps> part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my dog's barking. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then, uh, yeah, is that where it cuts back now to Boba riding in with the... Uh... I know... Um... Well, then the people of Freetown get there to for his backup. Oh, that's yeah. And then they're, they're all kind of holed up behind the tank, and it's not looking good. And then Boba leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was cracking up because, like, the whole thing depended on, like, the, the depending on their survival was if the folks of Freetown show up. And then they did, but it's like there's only, like, ten of them in a in a RV with a cannon. It's like that's what they're waiting for. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now they're up against three battle droids. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that Mando like pulls out the black, uh, the dark saber and totally expects to annihilate it with his, with his lightsaber. And it just bounces right off. And he's like, yeah. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> and even, yeah. And the way he was fighting reminded me of like the old, like PS2 video games when you're like Django fed or something. And he, he would use a jetpack just as a jump, not really like flying around it, but just like quick little, dive into the corner somewhere. I'm like, oh, that's old video game <laughs> action. <laughs> and yeah. Lot lot going on. And then that was kind yeah, of and I, that was kind of a throwback also to the Clone Wars where um 
Anakin and Ahsoka are trying to show these those village people trying to fight the destroyer droids because the destroyer droids also had a shield like that, and they were showing them that they have to go like they have to throw the thermal detonator slowly so that it passes through it. Yeah, and then uh, Mando tells Boba that like how kinetic weapons are too fast, energy weapons aren't going to pass through. So that was a good little connection there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then comes Rancor. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, is this the moment? Yes, I think it is. <laughs> and then he's coming in riding the Rancor. We're like, we knew that was going to happen at some point. It's just you kind of forget after a while that he had mentioned wanting to do that. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's where he went. Ah, yeah. I see what he did there. And we didn't get that training montage, but, you know, it was cool. It, it <laughs> yeah. was pretty awesome uh, seeing that thing, uh, you know, with the newer effects and just Looks so good. Everything in this show looked great. I mean, it, I don't. I don't say it, it didn't look like a TV budget that you would see like on right. other shows. So, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it has the very like Godzilla King Kong moments, but not the cheesy part. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> like there were clearly some nods to that stuff in there, but um, yeah, it was very well done. Was it the Zillow Beast going yeah. through? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it still, you know, it reminded me a little bit of, um, you know, when we saw Boba Fett in the Christmas special writing. Um, what was that creature called? Anyways, a little yeah. bit of a reminiscent of that. And then um, I read, I was watching somebody else's uh, YouTube thing on this one. And I'd forgotten that Omega rode the baby Rancor. In the Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) I see what's happening now. So that was kind of cool, too. One thing I've been thinking is, like, is it the same Rancor from the Bad Batch? Or is that not enough time? Or is that the perfect amount of time? Yeah, I don't know. What is the lifespan of a Rancor? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I hope not, because uh, a Rancor in cartoon is okay with the name Munchie or whatever his name was. But in live action, not so much. So... (laughs) Right. Well, and you know, that one wasn't old, trained I, I, for fighting. So. But I'm the old guy here, so I don't want a live action munchie <laughs> rancor. Uh, yeah, so then Boba and the rancor get separated and it starts to uh, just go into town, literally <laughs> like <King Kong. laughs> destroying the town. Because um, of Cad Bane's flamethrower. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cad Bane goes in there stone cold, not even, yeah, <laughs> no flinching whatsoever. Like, I know how to do this, yeah, and no F's given, so. <laughs> but no, that was cool. And even I don't know how quick it happened, but you see Mando go to uh jump and ride the raincore, and he's like, No, get off me, mm-hmm. <laughs> get off me, little tool. So, <laughs> but yeah, that whole scene was, was, yeah, really cool. And that the second showdown between Cad and Boba, the one we're, yeah. I think we're really looking forward to, looking. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first one was really good too. The the non actiony, but the, just the whole intensity, you know, yeah, of it. Especially knowing their history for the, for those who know their history was mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah, and you know, they even you know some of their dialogue, even if you didn't know their history, you know, it, it clearly clearly gives you the picture of it's a complicated history, right? Like yeah. love, love, hate, <laughs> hate. Maybe sometimes like, but mildly. 
Zai, I could call you like a, a an old an unofficial uncle <laughs> in uh-huh. a way. <laughs> so but another cool. showdown, right? Yeah. And uh didn't didn't anticipate the gaffy stick. <laughs> so I, 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 right. I like that I, I was hoping that the 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 time of the Tuscans was gonna come back. And I I thought like after uh Din went and saw the you know Cobb Vant. I was I thought he was going to go to the other Tuscans that they knew when but and they were going to come rolling in towards the end with their big army of Tuscans but that didn't happen but the callback to the flashbacks I thought was great cuz minus episode or chapter 6 like my favorite moment of the season was uh after Boba made his gaffy stick and they did that big old ceremony at the campfire yeah that was so the ceremonial amazing. dance around yeah. yeah that was cool I love that so much, especially knowing Tamora Morrison's heritage and back, how they tied that in, and so how that came back to defeat Cobb, Cap, Cad Bane from yeah what what we think it was a death blow, but yeah, exactly. I know it's up for discussion. Yeah, there was like yeah. a little light or something blinking as the camera panned away. So who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he's got a little droid somewhere. Yeah, yeah. he's got a little, little separate droid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and let's see any any let it slip that you know what really happened to the tribe of Tuscans. So yeah, you know Boba now knows the truth about that. Yeah, uh, I'd be fine if this actually was the end for Cad Bane because um, the character itself at this point is like seventy something years old. So yeah, I think that's like and to show. And he showed enough that even at that age, you know, he took out the marshal. He held his own against Boba Fett. So I definitely think um, he went out in a blaze of glory, if you ask me. No, absolutely. Like I was telling people, like, I can't believe they killed him or they just introduced him. And like, well, introduced him in live action. But, I mean, he's been around for, you know, if you watch, you know, the Clone Wars from, you know, as it happened. And, I mean, I, so I'm satisfied with the end. If they go back to certain stories, I, I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him again. But for future Cad Bane, I'm I'm thinking he's dead. So, and I, yeah, and I think it, it was a, a good death. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was fitting, you know. And they retconned the episode that, you know, in a way is now canon because they showed his metal plate. Boba still had his dented helmet, and that all came from that deleted, not deleted scene, the episode that never was released. Yeah, um, the where animatic. him and Boba, <laughs> yeah, the very raw footage of them fighting the first time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was kind of cool that you saw the metal plate and, um, you know, this idea that some of that stuff that was on the fringes and never officially saw the surface could be canon See, now. It's kind of cool. I would have rather gotten that storyline for season seven than the introduction of bad batch, but that's just me. Um, yeah. Only cause I, I liked the, the introduction of the bad batch. And, but I thought in the seat in the, when in the show, they kind of watered them down from how they are introduced. But yeah, that like, right. that could be another, that could be another discussion though. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, let's see. And Grogu. Goes and uh, calms down the rancor with oh, yeah. using mm-hmm. the force. That was really cool to see, especially since he kind of has an interaction with also that uh, with the big droid. When you think he's gonna like 
pull it down or something, but then he just like takes off one little bolt <laughs> off yeah. its leg. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he could use his, you know, force abilities more more on the what they would consider the dark side, but he's choosing, you know, in a way to <laughs> to just incapacitate things rather than harm them. Oh, either that or there's like another shiny thing, <laughs> like from the yeah. like the little nod, the little ball. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. But he definitely seems uh, to have a connection that. with other species, you know, that yeah. That force sensitivity. So that's cool. It's, the ones you saw can't that eat. meme that yeah, exactly right. <laughs> can't eat a rancor. I saw the meme that it is like the take on the the Hulk, like oh, the sun's getting real low, big guy, you know. And, <laughs> but yeah, one of my friends that I, I do the Mando podcast was said that particular force power is like a certain level of training, which is way past where Luke has trained, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, same thing with the healing. They're kind of like specialized Jedi. Yeah. And you normally have to have some kind of sensitivity toward that power to then develop it. So we're seeing a lot of that, you know, with Yoda, maybe it's a species thing where, where the innate ability for a lot of that is already there. They're in tuned even more. I was trying to think of um, the last time we ever saw me a force user, like, have a connection with a beast and maybe we saw it a few times throughout some other stories but the main one i think of is ezra with the law yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not the, just them, and the but... space whales yeah. and <laughs> yeah so... anakin a little bit in the arena scene mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah and then uh in some book and comic stuff but yeah yeah ray with the what was that thing a centipede or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say the uh was that the the Slytherin snake from Chambers of Basilisk. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of cool. And then they're they're just all snuggled up taking a nap together. <laughs> like, oh it's nappy time. <laughs> uh let's see. And then your uh favorite mayor's assistant and Pelly, uh, you know, make a yeah. love connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was really funny after the Rancor like went to bed. She's like, oh, so no barbecue, huh? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and I thought it was funny that um, the Major Domo has to have this line. He says, oh, a pleasure to make your acquaintance. When in real life, they've known each other for a long time, uh, the two actors. Because um, he, him and her were on a show, I believe, that was in Canada. And then she had another show that, like a talk show that, he invite that she invited him on, so like they've known each other for years, and they have to pretend like they barely met. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. But, but, nice. <laughs> well, I hope we see more of them, for sure. Oh yeah. Do we get the oh, badass Finnick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Finnick ending, where she shows her assassin skills. Yeah. <laughs> I love how she uh, blasted the. Uh, the family guys that betrayed them first, you know, like, mm-hmm. like then the, whoosh. yeah, she's <laughs> definitely the brutal. enforcer. That you was know? brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she had to let loose in this one. Cause Boba Fett kept telling her not to kill. And now she's like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. he's not here. So <laughs> I can take things into my own hands right now. Yeah. Handle business. She, she was in a different area code. So it was okay. <laughs> 
All right, cool. Anything else we want to add that we didn't get to dive into yet? Uh, just Bob Banda's still scene. alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. After credit scene, we get yeah. a little, um, and the mod mod guy is there. I like how Cod Van's hair just stays perfect in that back to tank. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. You know, he's got great, he got a great head of hair, but yeah, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with him. Um, I love how it ended with, again, going with a heavy Mando theme with, in, with him and Grogu in the speeder. And, yeah. Uh, hitting the Nas button again after knocking mm-hmm. the, knocking the glass, but it just shows us that, all right, next Mandalorian. So yeah. yeah. Um, Cod Vanth is going to be RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> RoboCob actually. RoboCop. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah it was a good oh, season it was fun to watch it was i was a little worried there at the beginning it was a little bit slow for me it didn't quite like grab me as much as i thought it would you know with boba fett's history and how much attention he's got from fans over the years i was like i don't know if i had my expectations set too high um but you know i appreciated yeah. getting all the answers and things but it it didn't grab me as much as I expected it would at the beginning, but and but it came through in the and, end. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of weird that him and Finn are walking around. Everybody's like bowing to him. And he's like, after all that, he's like, I don't know if we're made for this. Yeah. <laughs> so you went through a whole season <laughs> of trying to be the leader, and you're like, I don't know. But it kind of builds, like, leads into you know the future of Cobb Ant and maybe Boba. I think moving on to something even bigger. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, if I have to speculate, maybe if. Cod Vanth comes out of the back to tank that uh, Mos Espa needs a new mayor now. So mm. maybe that, and he's been shown to be a very lawful and uh, justice seeking character. So that would really help. As for Boba Fett, it's kind of hard to say what more can he do if he's not a crime Lord. I don't see him going back to just being a hired gun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to, he's not going to, let somebody else be his boss now. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. my theory is he's going to like want to get revenge for the Tuscan Raiders he was a part of. And he's going to like go after the Pikes. Oh, and then I feel mm-hmm. like that's when Red Dawn and Kira are going to come in mm-hmm. because the Pikes are a part of Red Dawn or like however that works. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like well, I know tomorrow be- more since he says he wants, he wants Boba to find uh Mace Windu, if he's still alive, has been what he wants to see. So that would be yeah. interesting for sure. <laughs> but we don't even have a confirmation of a season two, do we? No, not this point. No. Moment. Someone, I, I did hear uh, somewhere else how um, when Boba Fett gets out of the back to tank and, you know, he says, the droid says, Oh, you're fully healed. And then Fennec Shan comes in and says, What about the scars on the inside? So maybe like, that kind of deeper pain that he's still that's still lingering in him is what's more explored in season two because we got all these scenes, um, well, just a couple actually of him looking out the window as a kid back on Camino. So he explores his past. Maybe he learns more about his father as a Mandalorian because uh, we know mm-hmm. he fought in the Mandalorian Civil War, and maybe he starts yeah. buying into this Mando code that that he sees Din follow so so oh. much. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's kind of my, my big theory is uh, kind of 
I, I know you, we got to <laughs> we're going a little bit longer than you guys were normally, but this always a, happens. This is what we it's do a every great time. Conversation. <laughs> this is what happens when Star Wars fans talk Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um, no, but uh, I always, you know, for years, uh, fans were like, "Oh, we're going. We, you know, we want a Boba Fett movie." Then, you know, once Disney bought Star Wars, they wanted to make a a Boba Fett uh, anthology or, or Star Wars story, and then I, he was supposed to show up in Solo. That's what uh, Lawrence Kasdan said. He was, you know, in the script, but then Lucasfilm's like, nah, we got other plans for him. Then once then Favreau was working on the project, he's like, well, I want to do a Boba Fett TV show. Lucasfilm, no, we got plans for them. Then Mando, so he does Mandalorian. And so the way they, uh, the way they came up with Mando was a lot of what I think fans thought Boba Fett was going to be like the, the lone gunman kind of style. Then they're like, oh, well, the, the Boba Fett thing didn't work. So you can bring him in the show if you want. So I think that's what they did, but we got so much Boba Fett in uh, Din that I think they had to try to do something different. But I guess one. So basically, what my theory is, I think eventually uh, Boba Fett and go, like uh, Danny said about kind of fi- finding out more about his past with Django, he might actually be the one that leads or brings Mandalore together. Oh. Not being a true Mandalorian, but then finding out that maybe he is a true Mandalorian. Uh, he he's known because even when he was introduced to the uh, Rancor, they're like, "Oh, you know, you can you go on a ride." This is like I've ridden something bigger than rode the Rancor, rode the Bantha. Um, Dan couldn't even ride a Blurg at first. Then obviously he couldn't ride the Rancor. Then like the Armorer said that like you know one day you know somebody's going to ride the Mythosaur. So I think the only way they can kind of get Boba Fett to that high level, like a lot of people were were expecting or hoping, is to make him become you know unite mandalore so that that's just one of my oh. geek theories <laughs> so. a deep thread a deep thread, <laughs> a deep thread. <laughs> on top of that he's going to take a 23 and me test and he's going to say i have a sister <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like absolutely. where is she right now <laughs> yeah yeah it could it could go some interesting ways you know and i wonder if we're not getting confirmation of a season two because we're gonna see kind of like the crossover that happened with the Mandalorian in this season, that it's vice versa in the Mandalorian or in one of the other series that's coming, you know, like, do we see more of his story explored? Yeah. That? And I'm sure he'll show up in Mandalorian and the other stuff. And I think the way Disney plus works and a lot of these streaming services, you don't have to have a, a season every year. So it might be something that pops up like a limited season, like every couple of years, depending on where the mm-hmm. story is going. I'm sure we'll hear something in May. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys awesome. going to celebration or just? Yep. Are you? Oh, oh nice. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> All right. We'll have to meet up. Oh, definitely. We'll be there um, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday for Disneyland. And then Wednesdays are kind of like break to recover day. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah. Three days at celebration, right. then we'll probably head home on Sunday, depending on who's on the list. I'm still like waiting to see like who's yeah. gonna be there, what's gonna be happening. <laughs> hey, Wednesday the rest the, day that Obi Wan gonna, gonna be watching the <laughs> Kenobi premiere from your hotel. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. assuming there'll be some kind of special event um, Maybe. associated <laughs> with celebration in that. I I think probably so. We'll see. We're hoping. <laughs> but yeah, exciting. And did you see that the uh Star Cruiser, the media 
People that got to uh, check it out early have been posting this last week on their experience. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, I, I got a couple of friends that were there and I'm like, oh, you guys suck. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm planning, hopefully going to be there in November and for my birthday. So that'll be just I've been watching all this, uh, all the media, and I'm hoping to see more people post about it as uh you know, I want to learn really all there is to do. I mean, I saw people getting on their data pads, um, going on these missions, and um, I'm trying not to spoil anything for anybody, but <laughs> I'm trying to talk very um, in in code here. Yeah. But yeah. you know, all the all the special characters that you could see, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, of I course saw the I saw a battle scene that I was really into, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I saw all the merch I want to buy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I rarely look at videos because uh, I'm like, I'll just I, I want to I want to go in blind. I want to enjoy it, but I'm like, I don't think I'll ever afford to go there. So I'm like, yeah, I want to check them out. Cause, yeah, <laughs> you see, and for me, it's like, um, like this is just the way I am with everything. Like being there in person is just such a different experience. If you ask me, like I know some people like for the Disney parks, they don't want to watch ride throughs. They don't want to hear anything about the ride to experience it in person. But like, for example, when galaxy's edge opened up and I saw the lightsaber building experience, I had seen videos of it, but then I went and I did it myself. And it's, yeah. it's like doing it for the first time. It was like, I never saw one of those videos. It's <laughs> so I'm hoping, I'm sure I'm going to get that same feeling if, if, and when I go on the star cruiser. Yeah. yeah, the whole lightsaber building that. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, so we haven't been to Galaxy's Edge yet either. So this will be our first time nice. going there. So May is going to be a busy <laughs> month. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I told you I'll try to make it down for the because I'm planning on going on Wednesday, but maybe I'll try to get a few days early. Cool. Yeah. Try all yeah, those special drinks. I got I, I got um, the Tatooine Sunset that was there last time. That was really good. This was at Ronto Roasters. I actually have not been to Oga's Cantina yet, but oh boy. But uh, yeah. Ronto Wraps, um, <laughs> Tatooine Sunsets. What's the other one they have there? They have the Melly Run Juice. That's something else I want to try, man. I've had the Moose Punch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huh? That was really good. I've had a few, few drinks at Oga's. They're, they're pretty, pretty tar. I like tiki drinks, and those are even tight tartar <laughs> then but Blue yeah milk, like the green milk all of them yeah yeah that's why we're going for three days hopefully we can hit everything um in that three-day span with the reservation system and stuff so yeah hopefully <laughs> if not i'll just steal somebody's pass and pretend to be them yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> let me scan yours really quick yeah Hop the y'all cosplaying for the for the celebration uh yes hopefully we get our newest ones done in time (laughs) we'll see yeah um i've been working on my mandalorian forever so hopefully it'll be done in time but (laughs) the other two of course and then we've got our uh disney bounding and uh stuff to plan out for disney too (laughs) so it's gonna be great sweet yeah yeah it's gonna be a fun fun time (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for joining us and breaking down the book of Boba Fett. Um, you yeah, want to tell everybody invite. where to find you on social media and plug your other podcasts? Sure, I'll let Danny go first this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah mine's pretty simple. I'm just on Instagram at Danny Fandoms. 
Cool. And uh, I, I do a couple podcasts. So uh, my Disney one's Disney Universe podcast, and it's uh, we're kind of bumping up our YouTube, so it's at DUTV. And I also do the Mando Show uh, podcast, where we talk about everything uh, Mandalorian themed and uh, and Star Wars. So. Cool. And you have a beer one, which I catch a glimpse of every so often. That's kind of fun. With, oh, the beer one? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we do. A, I also do a, a craft beer podcast here in Northern California called Fresh Shops Podcast. And uh, we even tied it into uh, our last Disney trip where we did the happiest brews on Earth breweries around the Disneyland Resort. So, and we got more to do next time. So, <laughs> super fun. All right. And, Jade, where do we find you? I don't really go on social media I know. anymore. <laughs> I mean, she's there if you want to. Uh, you can find me on Amberton Cosplay on Instagram and Facebook. And um, hopefully more frequently again on Walt's Apartment Podcast now that my life has settled into a little bit of a routine again. Um, but again, thank you all for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. May the force be with you.